You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast show. And as you know, this is a podcast all about shedding our limiting labels and beliefs so that we can live into our best selves. This week, we are joined by Libby Cole. Libby is a certified Enneagram coach and the owner of Expand Coaching and Consulting. Her passion is helping people understand themselves and others in a more meaningful way while also having fun. There, that while also having fun is a unique aspect of her personality. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. She has a master's degree in counselor education and over 13 years professional experience in higher education, leadership development, and human resources. So a lot of experience to apply to our conversation today. She is committed, though, to providing an open and inclusive environment where all people are invited to dig deep and grow, and she works with individuals, couples, and organizations. She lives in coastal Florida, where she's outnumbered by her redheaded husband and two ginger children. And if you're listening to this on audio and not looking at the video version of it, I will tell you that there's nothing redhead about Libby. She has gorgeous, dark, brown, brown, (laughs) black hair. So um, I am going to ask Libby, though, a little bit about that, but also to how the Enneagram differs from the other leadership or personality tools that she has used, um, how it changed her life and her relationships, and actually the power and impact of awareness on effectiveness and compassion. And if you're in business, you always want to know what's the impact on effectiveness. And in life, compassion is huge. So now let's welcome our guest, Libby Cole. Hey, Libby. Hey, Sarah, thank you for having me. It's fun to have you on the show. I'm glad that we finally got to get together on this. I'm interested. Just first, let me ask you a question I ask everybody, and then I want to ask you about your kids and how the heck that happened. Um, But is there something that you do every day that really helps you stay focused on your own goals and your purpose and calling? I am an avid meditator, which is something that came into my life Um, many years ago, but it could be, you know, using an app. I have a couple apps that I really like, or even just spending some quiet time kind of connecting with myself. But I I don't do it every single day. I need to. Um, But when I do that and I connect more mentally, it helps me to have a more productive and effective day. So you've got a redheaded husband and two ginger kids, huh? So I'm guessing the red gene is dominant? No, you know, the redheaded gene is actually recessive, but apparently my husband's genes are just strong because I have all the dominant features, right? The dark eyes, the dark hair. And I mean, my kids even got his hitchhiker thumb. They got his attached earlobes. They got his red hair. Um, it is just inexplicable. I, I thought for sure at least one of them would have my dark hair, but alas. How old are they? <laughs> they are five and eight. Oh, there's still time for them to change a little bit, but some of that stuff's pretty deep. 
it is bright, fiery red, and it's beautiful. My, oh, my yeah. daughter even has the curls. I mean, I'm so jealous of it, um, but they did not get it from me. That is hilarious. I know my husband's family, even like like a few generations out, you're go, I can look, I'm thinking, oh man, your mom, she threw her genes liberally throughout this family, <laughs> right? You just look at the shape of the head and I'm going, you guys are all related. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you had this 13 years in higher education. Um, what tools did you use typically, either in your HR experience or in your, you know, leadership development? What were the more common tools that you used and why did you select them initially? So I have used pretty much all of them. I mean, if you name it, we used it. Um, but I was a really big fan of True Colors because of its simplicity. I used that a lot if I just needed to do a quick workshop with students or with staff. Um, but I also use StrengthsFinder. I use DISC. Um, we use Birkin Team Method. I mean, just running the gamut. Um, and I think those all are effective in their own right, but most of them tell you how you show up. And that was one of the big pieces of why I went all in on the Enneagram when I did is because the Enneagram is that why you're doing what you're doing, not how you're showing up, but the motivations behind it. And that's what I felt was more effective in the long run. So... Talk to me a little bit about when you encountered the Enneagram, what was the situation? Did, were you researching that? Were you at a workshop? How did it come into your life? Right. I was actually Googling new things to do with my students <laughs> because I had kind of exhausted all of these other options and I had worked with all of these other tools and I was ready for something new and fresh. And so I was just kind of looking for new leadership, new personality. Um, and I found the Enneagram, which is funny because it's not new. Right. <laughs> like no, the Enneagram is not old. <laughs> But it was new to me at the time. And so I started, you know, looking into it and working on it. And it first touched me personally. Um, you know, when I really started digging into it and learning about myself, um, I am in type eight and I have that strong seven wing, which is where the fun part comes in. Right. Um, but it just helped me to make sense of my entire career and things that had happened and why I had shown up the way I had, but why I had been treated the way I had also. Um, and so it first was a personal transformation for me. Can you give an example? I think it's helpful for folks who may not know their number, but I believe, especially like eight women, Libby, I think they may resonate with your experience and go, oh my gosh, that helps, right? So would you be willing to share some of what you learned? And Absolutely. Um, so probably my whole life, I've gotten the message that I'm too much. Like I'm too loud, I'm too powerful, I'm too defiant. Um, and early in my career as a young professional, I received that message again, like just sit down, just be quiet, just go along with it, just maintain the status quo. And that is so against my nature that I literally cannot do it. And But it was really damaging to me when I got that message from someone I considered to be a mentor. And so I, continued to hear that message. And I, in, you know, various jobs that I was in, it was just this idea that um, 
I didn't need to implement change and I needed to just do the job at hand. And I just had such a hard time with that because as an eight, now I have this language behind it, right? Um, you know, I want to make things better for other people. I want to protect the people around me. I want to have control of the situation. So doing something the way someone else did it doesn't resonate with me. And um, so on varying levels, it just all made it make sense. And I always say that the Enneagram kind of gave me permission that I didn't even know that I needed to step into myself. And so when you talk about, you know, shedding those limiting labels, that speaks to me so much because the label that I received was that I was too much. And I do believe that some of that is as a woman in a professional setting, right? And I was showing up in ways that maybe people didn't think that a woman should show up. And so, you know, shedding that belief that, no, I'm not too much. I can tap into these strengths. I can use these qualities to be a really good business person, right? And to be an entrepreneur. And I can lean into that. Um, and, you know, the conversation that I had with my husband is, I can't work for other people anymore. I just can't. <laughs> like, I'm just done. And so it was part of that that gave me the permission to be my own boss. Um, and I can really channel that passion and that power into running a company instead of being told to lessen it or to soften it or to quiet it. So along with your strengths and the things that were natural to you, did you learn some things about yourself that you were doing kind of in a protective way because of those messages? And were you able to make shifts in how you went about that? Oh, 100%. And, you know, I always tell people that Enneagram also is not only sunshine and rainbows, right? There's some shadow work to be done. There's things that we learn about our weaknesses and about growth opportunities that we have. So there have definitely been areas that I have intentionally softened once I learned it, um, but it wasn't because somebody else was telling me to, right? It was because I recognized that it was something that I needed to focus on and work on. And um, it was really funny, just a little antidote. My husband, when I was trying to decide if I really was a type eight, I said, you know, I don't relate to the betrayal piece. That doesn't make sense to me. And he said, Libby, do you know how many times we've had that conversation about if I ever were to cheat on you, I should just leave you first. And he was like, what do you think that is? That is a fear of betrayal, right? And I didn't make that connection. Um, so that's also why I think sometimes people can help us hold up that mirror to help us recognize some of those things. Um, but I don't truly believe that he ever would, but I don't want to be in that situation. And that's my biggest fear in our relationship. And so even recognizing that fear and kind of coming to grips with it and understanding it has helped me in my relationship as well. Um, and the you mean because you're not as guarded in that way. Right, right. Yeah. It's helped me to tap into the vulnerability. It's helped me to tap into an openness there that I'm aware of this fear and we can talk about it and we can have this shared language and, you know, be able to have those conversations around it. Well, and he's clearly got the message. <laughs> yeah. Keep that suitcase yeah. nearby, bud. <laughs> no, but and I don't mean to make light of that. Understanding oh, those right. fears inside of us and being, I mean, like sometimes we, you can feel them I and you can't put your finger on it. It's like, why this, right? And like you said, you couldn't see it in yourself, but he said, what do you think that's about? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And to have that mirror is powerful. And, and then it all it's plays free. into place. Yeah. Right. That's very cool. So, you know, you can't work for anybody else. I like to say as my own business, like when I go places and they say, well, should we schedule this? I said, sure. And I get out my calendar. Do you know if that's going to work for you? I said, oh, my boss is great. Once I say, <laughs> it, right, it's going to like, sure, my boss says it's good because it's me. But um, right. I can appreciate that. Tell us how the seven wing influences you for folks who are maybe an eight with a, a seven wing as well. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a balancing part um, that I really appreciate because if I get really tunnel vision in my eight, it can be much more serious, much more direct, much more controlling. But I have this fun, lighthearted side. Um, I did musical theater growing up. I enjoy performing. I, you know, try to keep things positive and forward focused. But I'm still going to challenge you. I'm still going to push you. But I'm going to do it in a way that, you know, sometimes is lighthearted, or if we can laugh as we're going through it, that can help with the growth, I believe. Um, So I really tap into that seven wing more um, when I'm trying to get the point across, but with a little softer touch, right? (laughs) So let's go and let's talk a little bit about, because I know this is an area you are strong in is giving and receiving feedback, right? So Can you kind of talk about how some of the different types need to hear to receive feedback and then um, potentially the pitfalls of them giving feedback without being aware of who they're speaking with? Absolutely. Just having that awareness of how you receive the feedback, I think is actually the way to become more effective at giving it, right? So if you can understand your own type, you can effectively receive that feedback. You can take it in, absorb it, think about it, and then you know put it into practice, then that helps you to become a more effective feedback giver because you really understand the importance of it. You understand how to utilize it. And then you can turn around and you can help others by giving that feedback as well. And I think so often in the workplace, especially, but even in our personal lives, people are scared of hurting somebody's feelings or saying something that's not going to help. But if we can all remember that we have this common goal, we are trying to help each other be better, do better, become more effective, then you can remember that you're on the same team and that's why you're doing this. So with a lot of the companies that I work with, I work with them on effective feedback, giving and receiving um, because it is different for everyone, but at the end of the day, it's for the same purpose, right? And if we can all get on page with that, then that can be the most effective. Are there unique ways that... um... I would need to re, I would need to give feedback or receive feedback if I were a three versus a seven, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for a three, threes are all about the success, right? They're all about how we're going to be efficient, how we're going to be effective. So when you're delivering feedback to them, if you can shape it in a way that this is how we're going to get the end result that you want. I believe if we do this, if you do this, then it's going to help you be successful. It's going to help you achieve that result. Okay. So the threes, it's all about that end result. It's all about the success and doing it quickly in the best way. 
For a seven, I always say use the sandwich method. <laughs> so like pro, con, pro, right? So you're going to keep them in that space because sevens don't want to be in a negative place. They don't want to hear the negative information that sometimes constructive criticism or feedback can be. So if you can talk to them about something positive, keep their attention, make sure they're really focused, and then you know share that criticism and then come back with something else positive, it's just going to help them absorb it better. Um, but I say keep that attention, and I always give that to sevens also is to pay attention <laughs> when you're receiving feedback, right? Um, and make sure that you really understand what's happening. But things like that, when I'm working with a company, I would know their types. I would be able to talk to them about how they are relating with each other and how they can give and receive that feedback. Or as a manager, how do you do that with your team? Um, things like that. Well, let's envision that I've hired you to work with my company, which right now, I is small um, and will stay small. But let's say I'm coming to you with a company and I've got two major teams operating of about eight to 10 people each. How would you support me in my goal to build our team strength and you know all of it so we can be a better functioning team and actually really love and do work that matters in the world? Right. Um, I always talk first about what are your pain points? What are the specific things that you need? So I cater everything individually to the groups that I'm working with. So I would always find out, is there something that you really need to work on that we need to talk about? Um, I was brought into a company one time that they had one specific person that they really wanted me to work on. And they were upfront with me about that. Right. Um, but if not, a lot of companies just want to talk about communication. How can we enhance our communication? They want to talk about how we can you know handle conflict when it comes up what does that look like so i have some of my kind of canned presentations that go along with a lot of needs um, but i really want to hear what it is that you need and what's specific to your company um, you know as far as having two separate teams like that i've worked with groups where i've kept them separate before or i really like to bring everyone together because if we can spend that time together getting to know one another uh, you may learn things that you never knew even if you've worked with that person for a decade Right, I've seen those light bulbs go off and I love when the light bulbs go off, when people look at each other and say, do you really feel that way? Because when we're talking about those inner motivations, you can't see them, you don't know. And sometimes people assume that they do know or that they think that they know what you're thinking or feeling or believing based on your actions. But truly when you get to the bottom of it, you might not really know what that person's motivation was. So to see people have that shared understanding after years of working together can be truly transformational. Well, we often think that people see the world as we see it, right? Because it's so familiar to us. I mean, like, what do you mean that's not how you would approach it? It can be foreign. And especially if it's uncomfortable, we can create like barriers going to, uh -uh. but yes, just, I agree with you. Like when you see those and you go, wow, I have a whole new appreciation of this person. Right. It does open up communication in that way. So when you work with, do you have folks take their Enneagrams up front and then come in? Do you do one-on-ones with them? How, like I'm trying to help people have an envision like, oh, if I was working with Libby, this is what we might do. 
Sure, I can do both. Um, I do have a free assessment that I use, um, but you know, as most people in the Enneagram world know, the assessments are great. They're a good foot in the door, but I truly believe that spending that time learning about all the types, learning about yourself, really doing that inner work is the only way to do it. Um, so sometimes the assessments just help people get their feet wet, but then you really have to put in the work to really determine your type and, and know what it is that you truly believe. Um, and some people have a hard time with that. They want a test to tell them the answer and that can push people and it can stretch people. And I think that that's a good thing. That's part of my challenger coming out, right? Like it's okay that this feels a little uncomfortable or that you have to work on this a little harder than you thought. Um, and so that's also what differentiates this from maybe something else that you've done with your company before. Um, Cause I get a lot of that, you know, I've done this and we've done this and, oh, we've talked about this before. Um, but the Enneagram is not any of those things. And once you buy into it, you know that. Um, so I, I can have them take the test, help them with that. I have done typing sessions ahead of time. Also, if that's something that you want to invest the time into, um, but then I come in and, and honestly, if nobody's done any of that, they can still have a beneficial and rewarding experience with that workshop that we're doing um, because we're going to go through all the types we're going to talk about the enneagram as a whole and then we're really going to dig into what does this mean for your specific team so because you already know what the objectives are for being there mm -hmm. right oh 100 yeah yeah do you find uh, you you referenced that you had one person that this company really wanted you to focus on right I've also been called in on like organizational development things where they say, well, really, this is the problem person. And I'm thinking, well, we're not going to get there by doing this broad. Let's be honest. What's the issue? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a backdoor way and it's disingenuous. Right? right. It's like, let's just get let's cut to the chase. That's part of my personality. I don't you know. And it also it sets people up to not trust. Mm -hmm. Right. So when that happens. How do you address that with a leader so that if I'm in that group that's coming in, but all of a sudden I get the vibe that you're focusing either on me because I'm the problem or someone else, what do you do with that? Yeah, I think partially because I'm innate, I don't have a problem with it, right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to push. I'm going to kind of push back against the questions or I'm going to tell them how I feel about it. If it does feel disingenuous or if something's going on, but I'm going to pull it around and make it an effective experience for everyone and not just focused on that person. I will say I got a standing ovation at the end of that. <laughs> and it was a small group because we did get there. Um, we did kind of come around and have this really open and honest conversation that I think people don't always expect in like a personal development workshop, right? Um, but I will continue going until we get there. Um, and I think that people can feel that from me also, you know, I'm not coming in in a disingenuine way. Um, and so we're not going to have that kind of experience. Well, you've obviously um, created a safe space of trust, right? Otherwise, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Which is hard to do in a short amount of time too. When you're going into these workshops, it's, it's kind of hard to establish that. But I think that's where some of the fun and the humor comes in for me. I try to kind of disarm people with that a little bit um, and make them feel more comfortable. What has been one of the, um, 
I don't know, one of the highlights for you in the last year, let's just keep it within a year span. So we don't have to go back to way back, but what's been a highlight for you in the, doing the work? Mm. Wow. Um, all the people I've met, all the light bulbs I've seen, there have definitely been moments. Um, like I said, that one moment, I mean, these two men that have worked together for almost 20 years looked at each other and said, do you really, is that true? And I mean, that moment just, wow, it just hit me in the heart. Um, but, you know, aside from those moments of change and transformation that I get to experience professionally, I mean, it's been huge for my family to have the flexibility for me to be able to make these choices, you know, especially as we know, during uncertain times, <laughs> it's been good that I've been able to um, be with my kids when I need to and volunteer at their school again and go do all these things that I can ask my boss if I can take off. <laughs> and I hear she's I, a great boss. I, yeah, you know, I talk about myself in third person a lot. Um, but, you know, I can do those things. And so the highlights are more than I can count, which is so wonderful to say. What um, do you see for yourself coming up? Because clearly you have drive, you have vision. You're not afraid to move forward. So what do you hope for yourself like three or four years from now with your business in particular? I definitely want to move more into larger groups and public speaking. Uh, I have a minor in public speaking, and so it's nothing for me to get on stage. Like I said, I did theater. I don't mind that. Um, so I'm actually, you know, looking to almost exclusively work with companies and organizations um, and then gear more towards maybe some public speaking opportunities as well. Um, I do still work with a couple individuals and couples and I enjoy that, but I think that the relational group aspect is where my niche is with this. Um, and so I'm looking at that and, and it's funny you ask because I've thought about whether my company will expand in um, employees, but honestly, I don't know that I want to, like, I'm okay with it just being me and I like it to just be me. And so we'll see if that changes. Um, if I need, you know, some more help, that's a great thing. But I think that I like to have my sole control <laughs> and autonomy within the company. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where it takes me. Um, I definitely am along for the ride. Well, eights are notorious for being charge ahead folks, blazing a trail for the rest of us. So I have no doubt that's exactly what you're going to do, but you'll get to bring some fun with it. That's right. Thank um, you. That. Yeah, no, it's clear by your energy and what you do. Do you have an inkling? I know your children are very young, but do you have an inkling of kind of their type shed? Or are they showing up in certain ways? Yeah, so it's interesting. My eight-year-old is the boy, and because I do this for a living now, he has gotten very into it. I mean, he even took over my Instagram for a series, and he did this whole series of reels about how different Enneagram types play video games, because that's his world, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's what he understands, but it's actually wonderful. So he has typed himself as a one after learning about all the types. Um, and that changed the way I parented him. Um, I still, you know, I have some convictions as a type eight, as a parent, because some of the words that come up <laughs> as a type eight parent are not 
lovely words like domineering, controlling, um, aggressive, you know, some of those words that are true sometimes. Um, but learning that he identified as a one uh, helped me to know that I didn't need to be as critical of him because he was critical enough of himself. Um, and we actually had like a preschool teacher tell us that he had really high standards for himself. And that all just started to make sense, right? Um, so I know that he has that inner critic. I know that he um, likes the rules. And so it just changed how I parent him. Um, my five-year-old, she's still a little young. She hasn't super gotten into it. He says she's a seven. I think that's just because she's five, right? <laughs> like She's fun. She's enthusiastic. And, and that could be very true. She likes to go. She likes to, you know, engage in things. He's more of a homebody. Um, so I could definitely see that being true. Um, she likes to challenge me sometimes. So who knows? She might be an eight, too. <laughs> she, very she interesting in that. your house. Yeah, right. Um, I, I call her karmic retribution for <laughs> anything that I've done, right? Because she's got that personality, um, which I try to remember not to, you know, crush out of her, right? Like those are leadership skills. Those are things that are going to serve her well. Um, so I try not to take that away from her, but it makes it hard when we're just trying to get out the door in the morning. <laughs> But um, yeah, they, they both really love it. They're interested in it. And, and that's been really fun as a family. Um, but anyone in my sphere of influence, Sarah, knows their Enneagram type. We talk about it all the time. It's like, it just has to be part of the conversation. Well, where's your husband in all of this? So he's a three ah. um, and he is a nurse practitioner. And it definitely made everything make sense for our relationship as well. I mean, we're both driven, we're both, you know, success oriented, but it's definitely a, a powerful, passionate combination. Um, but it really kind of made a lot of things make sense between the two of us as well. So, I mean, I love it in those interpersonal ways. Um, but I mean, it changed my relationship with my parents. It changed my relationship with my sister. I mean, just understanding where people are coming from can help you just have a better more harmonious, effective communication relationship. And I think that that's where it is. I couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, my lingo would be, I, I take myself down a notch often, right? Cause I can feel like I should do something or someone will say, this is the, this is my trigger. Someone says, I can't figure it out. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm a five, man. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get the information. We're going to get this handled. And that wasn't it. But that also stresses me out because I have a plan and that wasn't anywhere in my plan. Now I don't have the time, you know, blah, 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 that all the chatter. But then I thought, did anywhere in there, did that person ask me for help? No. Then don't offer. Right. So honestly, I have to have these internal conversations with myself because yeah. I'm the one who gets my tail in a spin. Right. It's, it's me. So. When I first started saying, well, that's interesting. Do you need any help? Are you asking? For no, I was just sharing. I'm going, good to know. <laughs> right? and but honestly, if without knowing those things, I just figure, I can't believe you've interrupted me. I'm in the middle of something, you know, like you get all this garbage going in your head. So I love that you can approach this with humor and fun. Um, you're right. There are the shadow sides. Those aren't my most proud moments, especially when it's anything negative it impacts my family negatively, right? Mm -hmm. But also you see more grace, like you were talking about your sister. I just look at both of my sisters and so much more appreciation. They're very different from me, 
Um, there are things I admire about them because they're strong in them, right? Mm-hmm. And I can recognize why the things that annoy me annoy me, but it's really about me. Not right. <laughs> Take so, ownership of it and then move on. <laughs> let her go. So I, but I think about that like at a in a family environment, but also at work when we can have that same grace for other people and go, you know what? It just bugs me when that person does that. But honestly, we're working towards the same goals. They weren't being rude. It wasn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I could actually have a conversation with them about it, right? Without triggering them. So to all of your communication and team building effort, it's all possible. Absolutely. And I always say it just gives us a shared language. Yeah. If you can even say, look, my Enneagram 8 is really loud right now, you know, and the other person can understand what that means then it can just be this vocabulary that you can use together that you didn't have before. Yeah. Um, and my mom's a five and like my sisters even call me before I've been like, can you explain this to me? You know, And then we can use this conversation to really understand where is that person coming from? Why is this happening? And then have that grace and patience with them. And yeah. it makes all the difference. It does make all the difference. I know I've, I've spoken with other folks that, in retrospectively looking back at places where I got hung up, I'm going, that was just me protecting myself. And you know, like they say, when little kids are like, they're having a temper tantrum, use your words, right? And I, <laughs> I joke about this. I have those conversations with myself. Sarah, don't get pissy, use your words, express yourself, right? Um, and I laugh because sometimes it's painful. So it's better to laugh, but Right. And even having all this information, we don't always get it right all the time. I mean, I don't sit here and, you know, self-regulate perfectly and parent perfectly and lead all this. It's a journey for everyone. And I think that being able to admit that and share that with people as well can help, you know, as long as we're trying though, as long as you're putting that intention behind it. I mean, I always use the word intention when I'm working with people, because it's all about being intentional and choosing and, you know, taking control of yourself and your emotions and motivations. And so if you can do that, then at least you're taking those steps. You're taking ownership of of what happens. Um, And the other thing is our lives aren't static. So I could have a really smooth sailing day one day and the next day go, cool, I'm having another one. And guess what? It doesn't happen that way. So you do have to regulate up, down. So, hey, Libby, if you were going to look back and talk to the Libby who was eight, so your son's age, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give her about the path ahead for her and her really great eightness? So my parents tell a story that I just woke up one day when I was about eight and decided that I just wasn't going to go along with it anymore. And I'm the youngest of three and I was really easy going up until then. And I just woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going along with what everybody else wants anymore. So I would say to that person, good for you for doing that, for stepping into that. Um, I would say, you know, don't quiet yourself. Don't soften yourself. Don't try to become something different for society or for the family or for your world um, because one day you're going to be a wonderful businesswoman and boss because of all of these things that you that you have at your disposal and you can lean into that and you can use it to build the life that you want instead of going along with everyone else so 
I, uh, I did it. <laughs> and it, it is wonderful. So with that, um, listeners, if you want to reach out to Libby, I'm going to have her talk about the best places to reach out to her, but you can feel from her, her compassion, her knowledge, her grace. I would encourage you to reach out to Libby and at least have a conversation with her about either you individually or your business, your organization, because she's super capable and able to help there. So should someone want to reach you, Libby, what are the best places for them to find out more and, and connect? Sure. So my business is Expand Coaching and Consulting. Um, so you can find me online at expandcoachingandconsulting.com. Um, I am most active in social media on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Enneagram to Expand. Um, and I like to mix up the growth and the fun there. So, you know, I throw some memes in occasionally, but then I'm uh, doing a lot of, you know, growth focused learning opportunities using the Enneagram. Um, so, you know, slip into my DMs on Instagram. Um, or you can find, you know, my free test, my email, all of that on my website. And I would love to connect and um, find out what possibilities might be in store for us. Well, I want to thank you for being a great guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast today, Libby. And I definitely hope our paths cross again soon. I think they will. Thank you, Sarah. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.